hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, part of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard each week on Chorus Radio. It's a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. On our podcast this week, in a few minutes, we're going to head to the Playa del Carmen area of Mexico and visit the Sandoz Caracol Eco Resort, which boasts about having the best water park in Mexico and an all-nature experience, among other things. They're also gearing up for their Day of the Dead celebrations November 1st and 2nd, so we'll learn all about that. Plus, we'll chat with the folks from the Florida Keys and get an update following Hurricane Ian and get some ideas on planning a trip to the Keys. And recently, Destination Canada and the Trans-Canada Trail have partnered up to help promote the Trans-Canada Trail. So we're going to start our podcast this week talking about the Trans-Canada Trail. With us now to tell us more about the trail itself is Eleanor McMahon. She is the president and CEO of the Trans-Canada Trail. The website is tctrail.ca. Hi, Eleanor. Hey, Randy. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. I'm excited to hear about the Trans-Canada Trail. Uh, give us the, the lowdown on, on, on what it is. Obviously, it's a hiking trail, but uh, it's more than that, right? <laughs> it, it really is. Thank you so much. I'm very proud to say that the Trans-Canada Trail is one of the few national trails in the world. Um, very few countries around our globe can, can say that they have a national trail. Uh, Israel, for example, Bhutan is another, obviously, in terms of geography, much smaller countries than our country, which, as you and your listeners know, is the second largest landmass in the world. So what an achievement that in 2017, the Trans-Canada Trail marked this incredible milestone of coast-to-coast-to-coast connection. So east, up to the Arctic Ocean, Randy, to the Pacific Rim we are connected to nature and to one another via this incredible uh, national and international gem known as the Trans-Canada Trail. It is also known as a trail of trails. We work with 500 plus local groups across the country who steward and, and through volunteer activity manage sections of trails. So most people will have experienced the Trans-Canada Trail locally. Even though it's a national entity, we say that it's national in scope and locally experienced. And so um, for your listeners, uh, they likely have been on the Trans-Canada Trail. They may not have known it. And by the way, if they've voyaged in Canada and made trails part of their tourism experience, then they were likely at some point on the Trans-Canada Trail since 80% of Canadians live within 30, 30 minutes of the trail, which is kind of extraordinary. Well, it is extraordinary just by the fact that you said uh, that we have such a large landmass and we've connected it through this trail. And I've always said, given enough time, you can walk uh, anywhere around the world. Uh, It is true here now, given enough time, you could walk uh, right across (laughs) the country, right? (laughs) You could. Or bike. You could. Or hike. The trail, trail, really interestingly, um, is we call it a multi-use trail. And what we mean by that our trail system is not just a hiking trail. You can horseback ride, which, by the way, lots of people like to do and do. You can snowmobile the trail. You can take your canoe or your kayak uh, along Lake Superior, which is the water route and the path of the paddle of the Trans-Canada Trail. So interestingly enough, the history of our country, like so many histories around, of countries around the world, are formed and shaped by these ancient trading routes fur trading routes, uh, explorer routes, 
And these paths have turned into trails, and these trails are part of the Trans-Canada Trail. So the story of our country, its discovery, its origins, is, is really connected uh, and caught up in the Trans-Canada Trail. So would you know you're on the trail? Like you said, there's a lot of landmarks and a lot of history yeah. uh, part of it. Would you know, are there markings along the way that you can stop and kind of learn? Yes, there are. In fact, you're, you're touching on something that's very much part of our a strategic plan that we launched in 2020, which is to bring a digital lens to the Trans-Canada Trail so that trail users can really, um, when they're out on the trail, experience their trail through their phone. You know, Randy, we're all on our cell phones, aren't we? And even in the outdoors, they're useful from the trail perspective um, through apps and through maps and wayfinding. Um, knowing where you are is critically important to people who are on trails. Knowing what the trail experience is going to be like, we issued national guidelines on trail use. And so the digital component of our work is, is really beginning to take off because people do have their phones. They want to be connected to each other and to the trail. They want to know where they are and they want to experience the trail digitally. And by the way, to your point, not only can you see during with the wayfinding and the signage with our logo and our brand identity, you can tell that you're on the Trans-Canada Trail, but you can also see it from your living room and increasingly people and unfortunately being at home a lot over the past couple of years has really reinforced the importance of taking content from places like the Trans-Canada Trail and all its vastness and bringing that to people in their living rooms and in their classrooms, uh, not just to Canadians, but to people around the world. Well, and I guess the the easiest thing to do is just go on your website, tctrail.ca, and look at the map and kind of figure out where you are and where you want to use it and how to use it, right? Exactly. And and that's that's a big part, too. I mean, we certainly um, encourage people to go to our website to learn, to, to look at their local sections of trail, to research their trails in their community, in their neighborhood, I live in Ottawa, and I'm literally three minutes from the Trans-Canada Trail. I'm on it every single day. How lucky am I? Because there are routes in my neighborhood that are that are local but are connected and to and are part of the Trans-Canada Trail. So uh, go to, people can go to our website, um, research the trail, see which section is closest to them. And we hope, um, and this was really a part of our um, announcement with Destination Canada, uh, we hope that people will increasingly make trails part of their travel and tourism intentions. A great way to explore your country, I for sure, I, I would think. Yes. So no matter where you are, Absolutely. you can go for a hike and learn a little bit. tctrail.ca is the website. Uh, lots of info on there where you can begin your hike and, and plan it all out. And Eleanor, Eleanor McMahon is the president and CEO of the Trans-Canada Trail. Again, tctrail.ca is the website. Uh, great chatting with you, Eleanor. Thank you. Please, uh, please invite me back, Randy. What a pleasure talking to you, by the way. And uh, and uh, all the best to you and to your listeners. Thanks for having me on. The Day of the Dead celebrations are coming up, so many areas of Mexico are gearing up for it, and that includes the Santos Caracol Eco Resort in Playa del Carmen.
So joining us now to tell us more about the Sandoz Caracol Eco Resort and some of the Day of the Dead celebrations is Emily Spatafora. She is the Business Development Manager for Western Canada for Sandoz Hotels and Resorts. The website is sandoz.com. Hi, Emily. Hi, pleasure to be here. Well, I'm excited to learn about the uh, Sandoz Caracol Eco Resort. But before we get into that, just tell me a little bit about the Sandoz brand itself. Okay, well, Sandoz is a pretty unique brand. Um, We have four different properties throughout Mexico, one in Cancun that's like, you know, a little bit more geared towards adults only. Then we have two in Playa Car area that are a little bit more, well, definitely more family friendly. And we're going to talk about one of them today. And then we have one over in Cabo as well. And a lot of people don't know that we actually do have properties in Spain as well. We have five properties over in Spain, but we we mostly concentrate on the Mexico properties here in Canada. Um, And, you know, it's really about uh, what I love about these resorts in particular is that each resort is, is really a niche resort. So they're not your typical, you know, if you know a brand name, you know what to expect when you go there. Mm -hmm. These are really unique and, and, you know, that's why I love that we're going to talk about uh, one of them in particular today, because I think you really need to understand the hotel to, you know, make sure that it's the hotel for you and that you're going to have a great experience when you go. And that uh, resort is the Sandoz Caracol Eco Resort. Let's uh, cover the basics first, uh, where it's located, how many guest rooms. Sure. So the Sandoz uh, Caracol Eco Resort is located in... Um, Playa del Carmen. It is um, it's a it's one of our bigger properties. So we have 955 rooms, and it's a unique property because there's no large buildings. So these uh, rooms are spread out among 78 buildings that are all three levels each. And so it's a it's a pretty unique layout for your your typical hotel in Mexico. We're a little bit different, kind of. Uh, were located in the jungle and this is what makes us you know kind of that eco resort gives the a very different feeling to the resort uh, and a very different experience if you're looking for something a little bit uh, off the beaten path in Mexico. Well, there's three things that uh, stood out for me when I'm looking on your website. It's sandoz.com, by the way. Uh, first of all, let's talk about the all nature experience. This is something that's really unique, I think, isn't it? Yes, yes. And, and this is, again, uh, you know, it, it just comes right from the fact that we are built in the jungle. Uh, we built this property in the jungle. Um, so it's not your typical beachfront property, although it does have a beautiful beach uh, uh, access as well. Um, walking access, you know, if you're one end of the property to the other, you're looking at about seven minutes. But it is built um uh, through like there's seven cenotes throughout, <clears throat> throughout the property. And um, we also have like a, a river that runs throughout the property as well. So it's, it's pretty unique um, ecosystem that we have built <laughs> the eco caracal on top of. Uh, and they really want to make sure that, uh, you know, people are coming here on, um, understand that it's a bit of a different experience that you know you're coming to experience the land the culture and um you know it's not your typical fly and flop um hotel so yeah it's it's very unique in the sense that uh 
this there's a, a seven cenotes of two of them you can swim in um, and you do have to shower and wear life jackets. They are natural occurring cenotes. So there is current running through the cenotes and they really want to make sure that they preserve um, these cenotes to make sure that, you know, we, we have them for a very long time to come. So uh, that's a very unique attribute of the property. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's different. If you haven't experienced it, you should come down because I think the other thing here is that, uh, we have a lot of animals on site. Um, so I was just there a week ago and we were, uh, you know, kind of hanging out with the monkeys, if you will. They were <laughs> out and <laughs> they were out and, you know, they don't always come around. You just never know when you're in a live situation. You just mm-hmm. don't know what you're going to come across. But uh, the, those guys were out to to um, interact and uh kind of provide a little bit level of entertainment to the guests, if you will, although they're just doing their natural thing and and going about their day. For us, it's really exciting to see, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Let's move to the water park now, because this looks amazing too. Yes, the water park is really, really cool. You know, it's funny because we have this eco-friendly hotel, but then we have this incredible water park attached to it. And, you know, we really want to make sure that there's something for everybody to do on the property. So outside of the ecotourism and understanding about the culture and and all of the things that come with our resort, we also have this fun element to it. And we have 29 water slides um, that really the whole family can uh, enjoy and get out and experience because you can have kids literally from the ages. You have a, a tiny little splash park for, you know, moms and dads to experience with their toddlers all the way up into, you know, you and I could get on a slide and, and <laughs> zoom around and have the time of our lives. So it is uh, really a blast. You know, it makes you feel like a kid again, and it does really have the opportunity to bond the family, everybody getting out and having fun. That's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's two special days coming up, November 1st and 2nd, uh, across Mexico. But it seems to me that the Sandoz Caracol uh, Eco Resort does a, a really big celebration for Day of the Dead. Tell me a bit about that. Yeah, so it's really, you know, it is really a special day, culturally speaking, El Dia de los Muertos, and forgive me in my Spanish, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) it is really uh, a special time. You know, it's it's about um, uh, the worlds of the living and the dead kind of become one, and the souls of the ancestors wake up and celebrate with the living, and this is a you know a very deep tradition, and really wants people to understand the Mexican culture and what this means to the people, because it is about celebrating the people in your life that you have lost. So it's it's really neat that we we highlight this at the resort. We make sure that. Um, People kind of understand, you know, the cultural side of it, and then they get to um, have their moment, too. There we have face painting, and we have, you know, food, and it's about celebration. You know, mm-hmm. it's not about, uh, it's not it's not meant to be sad. It's about celebrating the people that are in our lives. Just a beautiful, beautiful um, opportunity to take in something different. Look at, you know, 
look at life in a different perspective. Well, just looking at some of the images on the uh, Sandoz Caracol uh, website, sandoz.com, uh, you can see uh, just some of the colorful costumes and the face painting. So you, if you're visiting there at that time, you can really uh, get a real flair for it, can't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. You're definitely going to feel like, you know, you're part of the celebrations and, and it's an opportunity for you to think about your family and, and also just learn about the culture and to, and do something different. You know, mm-hmm. it's just not something that we have here in North America. It's not something that we really uh, focus on in terms of, you know, this type of celebrating people that have been in our lives. And so it's just a different take. And I think it's a, a great opportunity for people to connect connect with, you know, people that have passed and also um, understand about the culture and and have fun doing it. And if people want to learn about about. uh, Day of the Dead, they can just watch the Disney film Coco. (laughs) Exactly. And they do such a great job illustrating it, honestly. Um, Yeah, it's a beautiful event. And Uh we really encourage people to come down and check it out. And, you know, if this is something that you're interested in being on the resort at this time, you definitely, definitely are going to want to book it in advance. It's a very, very busy time for our resort. I'm sure it is. Uh, we only have about a minute. Anything you want to add that I might have missed? Uh, you know, it's it's a beautiful resort. There lots of restaurants, lots of other things you can do too, right? Oh yes, there's so much to do here. You know, I think that the the key is is that we're really trying to get people down. We want people to you know reignite um, that family feeling it really is for families to come down groups we do a lot of weddings at the property as well and and come down emily spadafore is the business development manager for western canada for sandoz hotels and resorts again sandoz.com thanks emily it was fun thank you so much appreciate it take care Like many areas of Florida, the Florida Keys are getting back to normal following the aftermath of Hurricane Ian. So joining us now to give us an update on what's new in the Keys and how to plan a visit there is Ashley Serrate. She's a representative for the Florida Keys and Key West. Their website is fla-keys.com. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Randy. Thanks so much for having me. First of all... Just give me a little bit of a, an update on the Florida Keys tourism after uh, the hurricane that passed through there a few weeks ago. Yeah, uh, following Hurricane Ian. So we're very fortunate, um, you know, that Key West had minimal impacts from the storm. Um, just some just some flooding, uh, went some wind surge, uh, but for the most part, our infrastructure was restored that same week and we're back up and running. Of course, there are a few hotel properties they're still dealing with some windstorm damage, um, but they are open and accommodating guests, as is the rest of the destination. But of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't acknowledge our partners to the north, uh, Fort Myers, Fort Myers Beach, Naples, Sanibel Island. They took a direct impact from the storm, so we're obviously thinking of them and, and um, are doing all we can to help with their recovery as well. It's kind of a neighborly thing, isn't it? Hurricane season uh, hits Florida and, you know, hoping that no, no one gets really impacted. But if somebody does, you're all there to help each other, aren't you? Yeah, we're, you know, we're all in the same business. We're all a community. You know, we've all been through it. We've all experienced it. Um, and Fort Myers and Naples in particular have a close tie to Key West because of the Key West Express. 
that runs direct service from Fort Myers to Naples. So we have that connection. And, and you know, hurricane season is kind of the, the, the thing that binds our state together um, and how quickly, you know, not only the individual destinations, but how tourism organizations like Visit Florida jump in to help out and get everyone back on their feet as quickly as we can. So give us an overview of the Keys, uh, maybe a geographical idea of where they are. Of course, yeah. So the Florida Keys and Key West are the southernmost island chain. Uh, we're right at the bottom of, of South Florida. So if you look at Florida on the map, we're those tiny little islands uh, just south of Miami slash Fort Lauderdale. Depending on which map you're looking at, you might not even see us. So, But we're here. Um, and the best way to get to uh, the Florida Keys is I recommend flying into either Miami International or Fort Lauderdale. Uh, Miami International Airport is about a 45-minute drive and Fort Lauderdale would be just about an hour and 15 minutes um, to get to Key Largo. Um, Key Largo is the northernmost key, so if you're driving south, it's the first one that you'd run into. Um, not run into, drive through, I should say. And it's um, the dive capital of the world. Um, it's home to great diving. Um, it's the home to John Pennycamp Coral Reef State Park, which is the first underwater state park of its kind. Um, lots of great things to see and do, snorkeling, diving, um, and if you're not, there's lots of great land-based activities as well. Continuing south, you come across Isla Morada, and Isla Morada is uh, known as the sport fishing capital, um, but it's also home to a great dining scene and a great burgeoning arts scene. Uh, there's the Morada Way Arts and Cultural District, which does a third Thursday art walk, um, and it's great. A lot of local artisans come out, food trucks, and it's a great theme. Uh, continuing south again is Marathon. Marathon is sort of the family-friendly area. I mean, the entire destination is great for families of all ages. But in Marathon, you'll find um, a lot of family-friendly activities like the Lagoon on Grassy Key, which has kiteboarding and wakeboarding. And you'll find Florida Keys Aquarium Encounters and the Turtle Hospital and Dolphin Research Center and a lot of great family-friendly resorts. Uh, continuing on, you've got Big Pine and the Lower Keys, and that is the least people-populated uh, region in the destination in that you'll probably find more animals like native key deer than you will people. So it's a great place to sort of reconnect with nature, um, drive a kayak, get out on the water and just have some fun in, immersing yourself in nature. And then last but certainly not least is I think the part of our destination that's most familiar is Key West. Um, it's great for nightlife as everyone I think kind of can attest to or already knows. But there's a rich history and a rich culture. Um, the Des Key West in particular just celebrated its 200th anniversary last um, earlier this year. Um, and coming up uh, in 2023, the entire Florida Keys and Key West will be celebrating their 200th anniversary. Well, it sounds like a lot, but really the distances between the five areas that you mentioned, they're not that far apart, are they? No, they're not. So what's great is, you know, we're 125 mile long island chain, basically from the, the top of Key Largo all the way south of Key West. Um, so if visitors wanted to come and spend maybe, you know, four or five nights, they could face themselves in, say, Isla Morada or Marathon, but they'd also be able to explore the rest of the upper keys. And the same goes for if you wanted to spend a night or two in Key West, you'd still be able to explore the lower keys and Key West. So it's, it's definitely worth spending a you know, more than just a couple nights and you'll be able to explore the entire destination. So you're right. It, there's not a lot of distance between each of them. Mm -hmm. And there's so much to see and do that you'll be able to get a whole lot of adventure in. Mm -hmm. And I suppose if you wanted to, you can pick sort of a central spot and just 
do day trips from there because it's not that far, right? Exactly. Um, Marathon, the Marathon area would be great for that. Um, And there's a lot of um, properties that can accommodate larger families like Fox K Resort, for example. They have villas on property. So you can basically rent a house. Um, but have all the hotel amenities that you would you would want when booking a stay at a at a hotel. So there's lots of great ways to explore the destination. I'm assuming renting a car is probably the easiest way to go. But is there other ways of getting around if you kind of want, didn't want to do that? Yeah, um, renting a car for sure is the easiest way. But there are companies like Flixbus, um, which now offers service, um, you know, bus transportation service throughout the Keys. Um, you can travel via Greyhound as well, and there's several shuttle companies as well. Flixbus um, is a European-based company. Um, their vehicles are um, eco-friendly, and they just added two new stops in Key Largo and Big Pine Key. So it's, it's a great way to explore the destination. Um, not by car, I guess <laughs> <you could say. laughs> So any new attractions, any events coming up? Um, Yeah, actually. So we are on the precipice of uh, Key West's largest and probably most recognized um, event, and that's Fantasy Fest. So Fantasy Fest kicks off um, this weekend and will run through the 29th uh, with the Fantasy Fest parade taking place on October 28th. Uh, So that's happening. Um, Of course, when it comes to um, the New New Year's Eve celebrations, we'll have the New Year's Eve red shoe drop. Uh, where Sushi, the drag queen, is lowered from a red shoe. Um, we'll have the conch drop as well. And then a pirate wench. She'll be lowered from the top of a restaurant as well. So there's lots of things, great things to see and do. Um, so there's there's lots happening. Well, and I think uh, one of the, the things that you probably need to do is, is somehow get a boat, if they uh, hire someone to do it, or if you're versed enough in operating your boat yourself, just get out on the water, right? Yeah, um, whether it's, you know, doing a fishing charter or a snorkeling charter, there's lots of boat captains um, who will take you out on the water. You can even get your own boater's license um, and kind of man your own craft. Um, The Blue Star Fishing and the Blue Star Operator Program, um, which is run by the Florida Keys National Marine Sanctuary, is a great way to find, you know, a local dive captain or a local fishing charter um, who um, practices sustainability in their in their you know, operational day-to-day structure. So, mm-hmm. um, and all of that information is on our website, you know, fla-keys.com. But yeah, definitely get out on the water, whether it's kayaking, um, you know, boating, fishing, uh, circling, you name it. The best, it's one of the best things to see and definitely explore while you're in the Florida Keys. Can I learn to snorkel when I'm there? Of course, yeah. There, you know, you can even learn to dive while you're here, while you're in the Florida Keys. Um, there are several dive charters and snorkel charters who will take you out for snorkeling lessons, and you can even get dive certified at many of the local dive shops in the Keys. What's your favorite place of the Keys to visit? I'm putting you on the spot. Ooh, that's like <laughs> asking me to pick my favorite tile. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it really all depends on what it is that someone is looking for when they're visiting. Whether it's, you know, you're going to get that laid back feel no matter where you are in the Keys. My favorite way to explore is I like to spend a couple nights in the Upper Keys and then a couple nights in Key West. That way you kind of get the best of both worlds. I love Key Largo. I love Isla Mirada. Um, but I also got married in Key West, 
So for me, that Key West kind of holds a special place in my heart, too. Ashley Serrate is the representative for Florida Keys and Key West. You can find out lots of information on their website. You can plan your visit there, fla-keys.com. Fun chatting, Ashley. Thank you. Thank you. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website, theinformedtraveler.org. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know, leave a review, tell a friend, or you can drop me a line. My email is randy at theinformedtraveler.org. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler or follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.org.